I knew when I woke up and my parents ever taught me something had to give. That was my scary point because I've never been suicidal in my life. I've always been the person like, you know, it's one person helping one person and hurting many. These, all these years of not being in church, you know, I've just denied what I actually needed in Church of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church. We hope you enjoy these stories. Thank you for listening to the Your Story Matters podcast. Um, this is part two of an episode with Mike and Katie. So if you have not listened to part one, you could listen to this one. And it will make sense, um, but it won't be as meaningful. And so if you are now jumping into this podcast, go back to the previous episode, listen to part one, um, and hear really Katie's heart and and her life and her story and her faith that has brought her to the point where we're at today. Um, as, as we move Katie's story forward, as, as Mike shares his story, and really we find out, okay, how do you know that things are different now um, based on what they've been through? And so, Katie, you've just shared, um, really, to be honest, a collective story. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, and we ended last week on a on really a defining moment for collective, um, which is where theory of lost and broken people becomes reality. Um, you've shared with uh, one of our first small groups that ever started before we ever launched, right? So we don't even have Sunday mornings. I'm not even a part of this small group, um, but you bring it up in prayer. Hey. Uh, here's what I've been through, you know, have a really messy divorce. I've made a lot of mistakes living with this guy that I know I shouldn't be living with. He doesn't love Jesus. If you could help me figure this out. So take us from kind of the beginning of collective roots and being a part of this church, another church plant. Mm-hmm. Felt like a pro at that well, point. <laughs> and even a few months later, going through what we went through with Chris and Maggie, it would have been very easy for you to be like, I'm not doing this again. What helped you lean in and, and get to the place where you are today? Yeah, so there I am, like almost eight years of marriage ends, and I've been out of church for almost two years at that point, and it was like drowning. Like I, I needed a breath of fresh air, and it didn't matter how much I was going to shake up my current life. It was like, nope, I need this. I need to go back. I need to get plugged in. Like I don't just want to step foot in a church and attend. Like I want what I had before because that's how I know to do church. That's how I know to do faith. There's no separation between serving and attending for yep. me. It's the same. Yeah. Like I can't show up on a Sunday and, and not want to do something. So I was ready to fully jump in. You know, I, I shared like, guys, I, I need some help. And I remember almost immediately you and I having a conversation and you're like, well, hey, guess what? There's actually someone else here at Collective that just bought a house and they need another roommate. Why don't I connect you guys? Yeah. And within a week and a half of me saying, help, I'm ready to make the right choices. I don't know how to get out of this. God was like, oh, hey, so cool. You're, you're doing things with me now. 
not for me, but <laughs> yeah, with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that's not to say like, you know, God only does good things for you when you're doing things for him. Yeah. But it was, it was like, he'd been waiting for me to, to step back into the life that I should have been following the whole time. Um, so yeah, I very quickly moved in there and was having a great time. And this all lines up with you know, joining um, Downtown Collective, and we all start planning pre-launch services, yeah. and that's when they're actually like physical church materials. Yeah. And if you haven't been part of a, a church plant or a portable church before, um, you know, we we would set everything up and tear it down yeah. every single week yeah. at West Frederick Middle School, and that includes backdrops and lights and it, literally everything. Yep. It was June, beginning of June would have been the first pre-launch it service, was, right? Yeah. We, the four months leading up to launch, we had like the first Sunday of every month yeah. was a pre-launch service. Yeah. And it was just kind of the team and then whoever else randomly got invited. <laughs> Random strangers, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. we were sitting all around the room planning something and I hadn't gotten fully plugged in yet. I just know I wanted to. And I remember you and Chris were like, yeah, we just... There's all these curtains, we call it pipe and drape, but they're like, there are all these curtains that we have to set up and it, you know, hides the bleachers and like it's just a miserable job and but it needs to be done. Like we really we really need someone to step into that. And I'm just sitting there listening and then Chris goes, Yeah, there's there's someone in this room that I think would be really good for this and I just looked at him like, Sure, I'll do it and so that, that turned into like Mapping out PDF yeah. plans yeah. of where pipe and drape went and getting really good at folding the longest curtain you've ever yeah. imagined in yeah. your entire life. They're like into 20 this, something feet. It's like know. stuffing it into this rolling box. And so that became a thing. It was like on Sundays, you know, I'd roll the cart back and forth between kids in the auditorium and people would be like, Katie, help. It's not going in. And so I'd be like, I got you guys. Yeah. But because I had moved out, like I still hadn't broken up with John yet because as we all know at this point, I have trouble breaking ties when I should. And so I was slowly working up to that and it was excruciating. And so the people that I was close with at the time were watching me go through this like internal battle. And so he actually would come with me on some of those Sundays, like people here got to know him and know who he was and he would help me out. And I migrated through a bunch of roles here. I started out with pipe and drape and then moved to doing lights. And I remember him helping me set up lights. Yeah, um, I forgot about that. Um, Tabby and I were the original baptism crew and we yeah. figured out how to get the hoses run from the sink in the lobby yeah. all the way in. I even like would uh, go and hook up the trailer at the end of yeah. service and drive yeah. the trailer around and set it up to load. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, So, like, that's all happening, and I'm fully all in, and it's really clashing with this relationship still. So, um, I eventually, you know, he and I did not do a great job of it because I I strung it out. Um, I probably did damage to the way that he viewed God even more because. To him, it was like, well, she's leaving me because I'm not good enough, because God says I'm not good enough. Even though I never described it that way, that's the way it came across. Yeah. So things end with him. I'm you know, fully in 
um, serving at this point. I even had audition to sing for the band. Yeah. Right. And then that was when you and I sat down and you're like, we're doing it. We're pulling the trigger on Youth Collective. Yeah. Because we'd been talking about it since yeah. we started. I think I said that right away, actually. I was like, hey, whenever you guys get a youth group started, yeah. that's my jam. Um, and so thankfully, that saved me from ever having to hear like, hey, sorry, but the band is good without you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I then, and I was hosting at that yeah. time too, right? Yeah. I was in the host rotation doing the connection card announcements. And yeah. so I got shifted from fully being on production in all senses of what I did to still hosting because we wanted people to see the youth collective yep. announcements like from a personal perspective. Yep. But then I got shifted into connections in the lobby. And so the idea was, you know, I'd be able to talk to people as yep. they came in and, you know, in a not creepy aggressive way, like scope out new families yeah. with students <laughs> yeah. coming in yeah. the doors Connect. and rush up and, yeah. and say, hey, yeah. what's up? Here's, here's some coffee. Hey, so you guys busy on Wednesday nights? Yeah. You know? <laughs> And so when things ended with that relationship, I was like, I, okay, like I'm ready. Whenever the next relationship comes along, like it's going to be the right way and he's going to love Jesus and it's going to look the way I always wanted and we'll, we'll get married and we'll sit together in service and we'll learn about Jesus together and it'll be the three of us again. And then I met another guy a few months later and um, his relationship with God was better than the first one's. And in a way that kind of deceived me at first, he wasn't being deceptive, but like it looked better. And that, but then I was in it again. Yep. And he also would come with me, and yep. he would attend, and people knew. I kept bringing these like super tall, conspicuous dudes in <laughs> to like full <laughs> pipe and drape. <laughs> we just thought you were growing our team. It was fine. She's um, a type. Yeah. <laughs> Suckers <laughs> who want to fold pipe and drape. I mean, hey, but it's that's the trial run. You got to know that's if you're, you're going to be with yeah. me, we're going to be getting our hands dirty on Sundays. Yeah. And yeah. If you can help hook up a trailer, if you can help fold some pipe and drape and not lose your mind, yep. it's a good test. Not good. I mean, and part of it, honestly, Katie, like maybe even subconsciously, there is a part of it where they are showing up. These guys showed up at Collective. They did help and it went well mm -hmm. compared to what your previous marriage would have been. Yeah. You know, if you were folding pipe and drape with your ex-husband, yeah. it wouldn't have gone well. So like that is some of the deceptive side of it, which is like, oh, we didn't fight through this entire thing. Mm -hmm. This must be better. And in some ways that yeah. is better. Well, and that's where the comparison comes in. It was like the first time had the faith component yeah. to like to the max. The other two, I was I was loved so well. They treated me so well. And the, you know, with the second guy, it got to that point again. It, you know, we started dating beginning of 2019 or sometime 20 whatever it was it was almost two years by the time it yeah. was done and we went through the pandemic together yeah. and 2020 was a rough year for me personally I had two really close friendships like really really close people to me that you know there are things that I can look back on and know that I did like actions that I took that contributed to it but I got dropped by two of my closest friends that year it was rough like I was told by both of them you know you're not trustworthy and it was it was shattering it was like man all oh, this is like these feelings I don't think that I ever dealt with about how I was untrustworthy in my marriage are coming out it's like am I 
am I though? Like, uh, am I not seeing something? And I had been with this guy long enough to the point where it's getting uncomfortable in my faith again. Like, okay, things are good with us, but it is not what it should be. Yeah. Like, I want to be pursuing this together. I don't want him to just be on the positive side of neutral about sure. this. Like, if sure. we're going to have a family, yep. it's going to be family-centric, like, yeah. you're Christ-centric. Um, so for the second time, I went through an excruciating process of, okay, this, again, is not the relationship God wants for me at the same time that both of those friends were essentially breaking up with me, too. Yeah. So I felt super alone. Um it affected my housing situation again, and I ended up still being fully plugged in here, moving back to Bel Air to live in my parents' house for a few months because I could not afford anywhere here. Um, and then it was awesome. A, a few months later, a uh, family from Collective, they had built this amazing house and had a full basement apartment, and the timing is right, and they were like, hey, we want you to come live here. And it was like, yes. And at that point, I was, again, back digging into my faith, um, like really pulling Jesus into things and was like, I'm back in Frederick now and my job is good and this is looking great. And then five months into that, they actually decided they were going to move yeah. out of the state to their dream house, which again, logically was like, oh, I can't blame them. Like, I'm not going to be that friend that's like, really? Okay. But yeah. it put me back into not being able to afford to live anywhere. And yeah. so for like how many... How many times have I moved then in the last two years? How many times is this now that I'm looking at, like, am I going to be homeless again? <laughs> and um, another girl from Collective just happened to be moving out of, out of the country for work, and her place opened up, and it was like, okay, I'm moving in there. So everything kind of settled down again a little bit. But with all that happening that year, I really had a chance to, like, be single the right way. And I really dug in, like really dug in and got plugged in again. And it was a Sunday in September and I'm standing in the lobby on, on that Sunday morning and there's, you know, two of the young single women were, were just chatting um, about their dating lives and, you know, me having like 14 years on them at the time yeah. was like, yeah. you know, I actually, I just gave them some advice and it turned out, you know, it had been floating around in my head and my heart for a while, but hearing it said out loud, was like, I needed to hear that too. Yeah. And um, never in my life would I've ever gotten on a dating app, ever, ever. I still hate it. Um, but the advice pushed me like, okay, well maybe I'll try this. And I downloaded this obscure Christian dating app. Okay. And, um, you know, I still was like, this isn't authentic. Like, I feel like I want to meet someone and get to know them and then decide to sure. date. So I just kind of like reluctantly went into it, but um, made a couple of matches. But then uh, one day Mike's profile crosses the screen and we chatted a little bit and for a few weeks. And then he took me out to dinner on my birthday and we met in person. Wow. You and I had a conversation kind of in the middle of, of all that the storminess, right? Like you'd been through the divorce and I think we we're at Baltimore coffee and tea and you're like, Hey, I'm thinking this is me. And you're like, if, if I've had these issues with relationships, I've had these issues with friends, I need to figure out what I need to do. And for me, like knowing you as long as I had, like I wouldn't sit there and be like, Oh, it's Katie. And there's this thing, but you just getting to a point where like, okay, I'm just going to figure out what I need to heal. 
and instead of putting yourself in a place to help other people, because really those previous two relationships, so much of it was you wanting them to know Christ the way that you know Christ. Like your your heart desperate for these guys to like be in faith and and really to to knowing you know with your parents' marriage, like wanting other people to experience that whether that was with you or not, and you kind of came to the realization, and it was not a selfish realization of like, hey, I can't work on other people anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've really got to work on, on who I am and my faith and my healing and my growth. And because you did find yourself in a lot of relationships, even friendships where you were the support. And it, it weirdly mirrored your marriage where your needs came second in a lot of your friendships and a lot of your dating relationships. And you realizing, nope, this has to be about me, but not in a selfish way. And when you really leaned into your faith for yourself and your healing for yourself and your community, not again, not for yourself, but like for the safety and understanding I've got these people is when I think things started to really change and turn. And so much of our faith, you know, and it's hard, like as a parent, I feel this with my children, but as the pastor of collective, I feel this, I want so desperately for every single person here to experience the good things that God can give them, but I cannot make it happen. And I'm a better leader when I realize I'm going to be the best version of myself, which includes healing, includes honesty, and includes digging into the crap that it's in my life and just presenting that forward. And kind of when you got to that place is when you hit that level of Katie that everybody here knows and loves where you're still serving them and you're still caring for them, but it's from a place of like your healthy spot. And so... Um, but that's also what makes the relationship you have now really healthy. And so, Mike, let's talk about this. Where did you grow up? Um, family dynamics, childhood, faith. Um, you know, what is what has that been like as a kid, and and also as you push forward into being an adult? Yeah. So I uh, grew up not far. I grew up in Berkeley County, West Virginia. Um, my uh, my mom grew up on the mountain in Hedgesville and my dad was a transplant from Baltimore, Maryland. And, you know, it was a pretty normal childhood. Like it wasn't even crazy. There was definitely, you know, faith and and Jesus is definitely part of our lives, but it it wasn't the number one thing. We were just we were like the typical blue collar family. My dad was a mechanic. My mom worked at a hospital as, you know, secretarial type jobs and you know, we'd go, we'd do Sunday school every now and then, and uh, we'd do vacation Bible school, you know, every other year or so. Um, and then when I was in middle school, um, we actually got into a church. Like, my family was like, you know what, we're we're going to go to this church. We've got some friends been going to it, and I think it's something we need as a family, especially as my sister and I were getting into our teenage years, and um, we dug in. Um the church had been going at this point, I think, for like a year or so. And, you know, I got to watch a church grow as as a teenager and also start figuring out and, like, struggling with what my relationship with Jesus looked yeah. like. And it got rough really quickly um, because I was at an age where I was starting to, like, pick up on things um, but also fight them. Like, yeah, that's not a real thing. Yeah. And uh, one of them was, you know— with, with my father, um, you know, dad was a great man. He always wanted to help everyone. Um, he always wanted to be there for people, but there was also always like this, this dark side to him and I never quite understood it. But as I, you know, 
I started to certainly yeah. like unravel it. And uh, it, it first started like unraveling when we were actually at that church and, you know, it was my first bad experience with church. My dad ran a business, he was a mechanic. We were asked to leave the church. Well, not really asked to leave the church. It was leading up to it. My my dad was asked to leave the praise team, which that was his thing. My dad loved it. He, yeah. You know, Thursday practice, Sunday we were there all day. And it was because there was an article in the paper that, you know, uh, he was arrested for tax evasion. Sure. It wasn't true. He hadn't been arrested. He was served papers. He owed like $1,000 in taxes that got missed with his accountant. And my dad stood in front of the magistrate, and the magistrate was like, Oh look, you brought yourself in. He goes, yeah. Can I just pay you? And yeah. yeah. In this, it didn't really matter to the church. Like, wow. He was told that, you know, we don't need this to be what the church sees people that you know are having this type of image. Wow. Um, and then soon after, I was actually still going. You know, Dad wasn't. I was still doing things because I had all my friends were there. Yeah. Um, and. I remember we were supposed to have this big youth group thing. I was supposed to play guitar for it. And I showed up and I had missed um, two practices because I was playing baseball and I was also uh, in music in school. And they're like, hey, you can't actually play. Even though you're here for this practice and the next one, you can't play. Wow. And, you know, like 14, 15 years old and I'm heartbroken. Yeah. Like, like, but I I love it. Like, that's what I love doing. I love being on stage and it. It made me feel like I was close to Jesus. That, yeah. that was my thing. Like yeah. music is what really helped me. Yeah. Um, I kind of like punched me in the gut. Yeah. Went through a few years where you know, my family wasn't going to church. None okay. of them were. Yeah. Um, that that broke them, especially you know when they left the church. The church had just started a building fund, and my parents got a call after they stopped going, going, "Hey." Um, why aren't you guys giving us money more? We know you're not coming, but you agreed to pay us money for the building. And they were like, um, do you remember what happened a few months ago? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. So they, you know, my dad loved Jesus. He, his motorcycle had a, a picture of Jesus on the gas. Tank. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's, okay that, that's weird. Jesus yeah. t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was all about it, but yeah. that's the family he came from. And, um, my mom was, my mom always does. And this day, she's always, you know, pray about it, pray about it, pray yeah. about it. And yeah. she stayed, she was that way during that time. Um, but I, you know, I took a year or two and I had friends in high school at this point that they all went to churches and youth group and invited me. In high school, my circle, my best friend, a youth group. And it's good, you know, I start coming to church on Sundays every now and then. But it wasn't really like in it. It was yeah. more or less I was there with friends. Sure. I felt drawn to it, but I was still conflicted about what had happened. Yeah. Um, and during this time, you know, I was also struggling with things with my family because at this point, you know, I start learning that my dad isn't as great of a man as I thought he was, you know, cause I, I wanted to be just like dad. And yep. now I'm learning, I don't want to be anything like him. And it started to really, um, started to really affect me. Yeah. Cause I find out, you know, my dad hadn't been, the husband that I thought he was, he'd been having multiple affairs. Wow. Um, I start realizing like he was struggling with depression and his vice was going to drugs. Yep. And I didn't know this. Like my parents hid it really well from sure, me. Sure, sure. 
but I started seeing it. Like I'm, I'm at that age. I'm 16, 17 years old, yep. and I'm like, this stuff is weird. Yeah, you feel it. You don't know what it is, but you're feeling it. There was like a disturbance yeah. in the force. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you know. Yeah. But you don't get it because yeah. you're, you're still a kid. Yeah. And you know, Dad and I really start butting heads. Yeah. And I respected him because he was my father, <laughs> but I didn't like him. Yeah. And I started building this idea that I don't want to be anything like you. And part of that was, you know, he would go from doing these terrible things to like being, hooray, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, for lack of better words, like, that's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. Yeah. And it pushed me away from church. Yeah. Again, which is crazy because I was playing in... I was playing in a praise band, playing saxophone for a church in Martinsburg, and you know, yeah. I'm 20 years old, and I'm going, yep, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and dude, that's so conflicting because, like, God gave you that gift, and you know that. Yeah. And you feel that mm-hmm. when you're playing, you know, bass on a Sunday morning or when you're playing saxophone when you're a student. Like, there's this, like, peace. There's this purpose. There's mm-hmm. this, oh, man, this is what it feels like. Yeah. But then you step out of that and into, like, your family life going, wait a second. Like, if Jesus is such a part of it, why do I feel this way when I'm playing? And why do I feel this way at home? And you're wrestling with that as a teenager, you know? And and I would say in church, like, for our students specifically who I know, you know, listen to this podcast and knowing that Katie's on it will will lean in a little bit more. That feeling you start to feel when you're in high school of like, oh, wait, like, there's a giftedness, there's a talent, there's a passion there. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to lean into that all day long. But when you're leaning into that and you feel one way and, and you're not there. It feels another, which sad is a lot of times in all of us in adults as well, instead of recognize like the home portion is wrong or like for you, like your father is not, you know, it's hypocritical, right? He's not yeah. living what he's saying. We tend to lean out of the things that help us feel God's presence. Cause then we think that's wrong. Yeah. Especially when you're a student, cause it's harder to look at your parents and go, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of what, where you're at, where it's like choosing between clearly this thing that God has given you, this, this passion, this talent that blesses other people in fam- family, home life, faith yeah. type stuff. And you're kind of forced to make a choice. Yeah. And it, it made it really tough because, you know, the church that I was at at the time, I just saw a lot of really bad hypocritical things that sure. reminded me of my dad more. And I remember, like, I'm at this point, I'm a sophomore in college, and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, like, wow, I, I I can remember it, it broke my mother's heart and it made me feel so terrible because my mom is an absolute angel, <laughs> and I was like, I, I believe Jesus yep. and you know I love him, but I'm out. Yeah, deuces. Yeah, and that's my twenties was that you know I wouldn't nothing to do with church. People yeah. would bring it up. I'm like, no, I'm good, right. I'm cool. You know, I was playing in rock bands, and some of the bands I played in were with friends that went to church, and they understood. Like, every now and then, I'd go with them on Sundays on important days. But other than that, I was like, just, yeah, yeah, I love Jesus, but I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, Every church person I know is like my father, and they're all hypocrites, and I can't stand them. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with it. They don't love me for who I am. They don't love others for who they are. Like, peace. Soon after I, I got engaged for the first time, somebody I met, Shepherd, and we had a good relationship. Uh, we were together for six years, but it got very rocky. Um, and then, you know, I started finding out some things I didn't like, and I literally like, we were living together in a place in Martinsburg, and 
one day I told her, I was like, hey, so I'm not renewing the lease. I'm like deucing out of here. Wow. And I'm going to go live with my buddy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> I just rolled out. Luckily, like, he's always been there. I, my brother, Sean, is like, always been my brother. I, like, that's what he is. He was like the first friend of yours I met. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. mandatory. It's family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's mandatory. You know, family, but not family. Yeah. <laughs> Makes so much sense now. Yeah. He, he, he was mandatory because he's, you know, he's helped me through a lot of stuff in life. And he's yeah. always, you know, he's throwing a lot of stuff at me. Like, hey, you should go to church. He worked me through a lot of things. And at this point, I'm still like, no, nothing to do with church. Like, yeah. stop trying to put Jesus on me. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. I tried it and it, it yeah. didn't work. Tried it multiple times, yeah, too. Tried like multiple times. Yeah. And then um, when I was 29, I met somebody else who had the same kind of ideals. Like she was like, I don't want anything to do with church people. They're terrible. They're horrible. And we got together and very, we got engaged like really quickly. Two weeks later it was over. Wow. I find out like she's actually been dating someone else. Wow. I was heartbroken. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this for a while. Yeah. I've always been a serial monogamous. Like I, I one, it's, I'm a one person person. I'm like my mom. My mom through all my father's faults, stuck with him she goes i am with this till the absolute end wow this is just who she is and um i kept trying to do that so i'm engaged for a second time now um uh and then fast forward till uh meet a girl in 2020 i met her in 2020 we started dating very quickly had a really great relationship right from the get-go fell in love with her fell in love with her daughter you know i finally felt like i i was a dad something i've always wanted in my life is yeah. to be a dad because Back in my mind, I want to be a better dad than I ever was. Yeah, so absolutely. I got to be a dad. Yeah. And um, that's something, when you listen to him talk about it, he doesn't say, I want to have kids. He says, I want to be a dad. Yeah. That's the way he says it every no, time, which I, I think there's a big difference there. Yeah. And um, relationship went great. We um, we got engaged very quickly. We agreed, and everybody around us knew, like, they're, gonna, they're just going to get married. It's going to happen. Um, we moved in together. I let my, my awesome apartment go, moved in with her. I've had a friend for like the last like year at this point, like every four months, like, hey, Mike, I don't want to bug you. Come to church. Yeah. And we did, actually did. We, we went one time because her church just happened to be in Berkeley Springs where we moved, yeah. where I moved. We went one time and it was cool. And I was like, okay, but I was still like, I sure. still can't do church. This girl and I decided like, we're going to have a kid. We know we already know we're going to get married. So we start trying to have a kid. And the day I planned on proposing to her, we find out she's pregnant. Wow. And not a lot of my friends know that she was pregnant, only like the very close core. And uh, we get find out that morning, like she's pregnant. We get engaged that evening. We tell like our parents. Um, and then things just really flipped. Um, she, she struggled with like some a lot of depression and she had some health issues and um, having to come off all of her medications, I think really sure. took a toll on yeah. her. Yeah. And things got really bad. Like it was things very similar to what Katie went through during her marriage where I, I wasn't allowed to have bad days. And if I did, I was wrong for it. Sure. And then um, I was at work and got a phone call saying, Hey, I scheduled an abortion. And I got to do this, like. And you know, I know some of it was for health reasons, but 
I knew it wasn't just that. Yeah. Because things just weren't right. And she did. And we tried to take a vacation to, like, be a family together. Um, we get back, and less than a week later, I was being told, you have two weeks to, get, to find a place to live. After I literally just sold everything to start yeah. my life with her and her daughter. Wow. And I was devastated. wasn't eating. Uh, I started drinking. And I was... I was messed up. Yeah. Like, I just went from, I'm going to be a dad, I have a family, everything I've ever wanted, to I have no place to live, not going to be a dad. And I was just, I was broken. Yeah. And there was a Sunday I went to church, at my friend's church. I was like, I have to do it. I got to go. I got to go to church. Um, I got out of church and came back, and I found all my stuff packed in the kitchen. I was messed up and I had like a half bottle of whiskey now I haven't eaten like three days and we had a river lot that we shared and I drove myself to river lot and I sat there and drank most of that half yeah. bottle of whiskey and I don't remember anything from that point I, I don't at all but in a drunken stupor I sent her a message basically which was basically a suicide note yeah um, saying I have life insurance in you and your daughter's name take care of her um and i remember waking up with three officers standing over top of me about four foot from the river then i remember waking up in the emergency room my parents over top of me wow. and i was just i was hammered yeah <laughs> you know i knew when i woke up and my parents over top of me that something had to give these all these years of not being in church and you know i've just denied what i actually needed which was jesus yeah and that 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 was my scary point because i've never been suicidal in my life i've always been the person like you know it's one person helping one person and hurting many and the fact that i got to that place just like scared me i was like i have to get back to church so I did, and I, I found a great church that my friend kept bugging me to go to. Yeah, so same one. Same one. Yeah, good, so I go good, to it. So I'm friend. like, yeah, Kristen is amazing. Her and her husband, they were there for me at yeah. that point. Like, they really helped me. Yeah. Literally, there was times where I would leave work, and they lived, like, two minutes from work, and I would show up on their doorstep, like, in tears, like, broken, like, yeah. hug me. Yeah. <laughs> And they were there, yeah. you know. I'd go to the gym with them. We'd work out together. And uh, I remember, like, uh, Cody, her husband, like, remember wor finishing working out at the gym one day. And, like, he's like, I, I know you're still struggling with this, but can I pray over you? I'm like, absolutely. Wow. I think you. I need you to. Wow. Started going more regularly to their church. Like, and when I say more regularly, it's been, like, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But but even getting to that point, yeah. you know, like, and I, I don't want you to downplay that because yeah. – you know, we joke that like on big days, Easter and Christmas, like the next step is just to come back yeah. because you can go one Sunday and feel it, yeah. feel good, feel bad, feel whatever, and then go, nope. Yep. Like, I don't want that. Exactly. To go three weeks in a row, you are leaning in yeah. and you're saying, okay, God, I know you want to do something on my soul and I know you're going to, and I'm willing to experience that, you yeah. know, cause by three, three weeks is, is enough time to, to feel that. Yeah. And so that, you know. To go three weeks in a row, like, it's a big deal. Yeah. And I remember um, I was there, and Kristen's like, hey, 
we really need a bassist. <laughs> now, like I, I was had played bass in bands, and I was playing bass in a band that I, you know I still play with a bunch of really great friends. And I was like, you know what? I would love to help you guys out. And uh, what I didn't know what they were saying is, hey, on Tuesday I would like to sit and have lunch with you, and then Sunday you're gonna play wow. and like throw me in the mix, which wow. I think I really needed. Wow. Um, because the people at church were incredible. They were part of a satellite campus that was about 30 minutes from the main campus, and they were incredible people. I literally, one of the guys from the church texted me yesterday going, hey, man, you're on my mind. Just want to see how you're doing. And just really great people, and they really, really helped build me up. And I played at that church, and um, I took time for myself. You know, I've, at this point, I've been engaged three times, yep. all of them in horribly, <laughs> and feeling like you know I'm I'm getting old I'm a 34 at this point I'm like I'm getting ready to hit the point where the idea of getting married and having that family and having kids is starting to get really dim so I need to do it the right way so you know I'm, I'm diving into my faith you know I, I, at this point I didn't own a bible I like I'm using the bible app yeah <laughs> because yeah. it worked for me yeah still the bible I yeah, yeah. still the bible yeah absolutely but, like with my ADHD, it was the best thing I could do. <laughs> like, I don't know how to read the Bible. I'll be the first one to say I don't. I remember you and I having, yeah. we, we met and had coffee. I was like, I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not good at Jesusing. I just love Jesus. Yeah. Um, and I want to be better at it. And, like, that's how I do it. Yeah. I think everybody has their way of yep. doing it. But it's the fact that you're trying. Yes, 100%. And, um, so I, I took that time, and I remember talking to Kristen, because like, I, I had tried a couple dating apps. I was like, I'm going to look for a good girl on a dating app. It wasn't going well. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Here's a random weird one, because I literally typed in Christian dating apps, and I just downloaded the first one. Okay. <laughs> Same. Like, <laughs> it was free. It was, was not that invested. It I'm was not free, for this. and it didn't seem like a scam. So I was like, okay. Yeah. And I think I was only on it for like two or three days, and Katie popped up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she seems really cool. Like, she's in Frederick, though, which is kind of far away, and that sounds scary, but okay, cool. Wow. And then we started talking. Well, and the timeline on this, though, this is September of 2021, yeah. and July and August is when everything exploded. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this is... Very soon after. Yeah. It's a it's a big, it's like a big 180. Yeah, because I, I literally, I went from all this stuff happened to me, and it was, it felt like a really long period because so much had happened, yeah. but it was a very yeah. short period of time. We can sum this up in 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, yeah. but like what you've been through in your life, like there is clarity. Yeah. You know what hasn't worked. Yeah. And you know the things you don't want to be a part of, whether that's, and, and sometimes it happens through relationships. But sometimes, like, we see that even in our own parents' marriage, mm-hmm. you know, or re- where we go, I want that, I don't want that, I've, I've experienced this, I, I can't experience this again. And so, you know, it sounds quick, yeah. but really, as weird as this sounds, and, and we're actually get to this, like, like it's, it is wisdom, yeah. like, it is life experience, you putting yourself around the right people, you know, the right purpose, the right faith, and even in a few months, you're like, hey, I know now exactly what I don't need and don't yeah. want, and here's what I do need and do want, probably assuming it's not going to come right away, yeah. um, but it did. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like a different person. Katie and I 
started chatting. And, you know, I, I took her out. Um, we met a halfway point for which happened to be her birthday, which I didn't realize. Oh, dang. <laughs> and I was like, oh, cool. And it was intimidating because I'm like, I'm like fresh out. All this stuff happened, but I really want to meet somebody. And it was like, this is your birthday. Oh, no. <laughs> but we had a, it was a great time and we had a great yeah. conversation. Anyone that knows me knows I'm not. I'm not super fancy or high maintenance at all. I prefer to play in the dirt for fun. Yeah. So, like, you know, there wasn't pressure, but he didn't know that. I didn't know that, and I like making people feel amazing. So I was like, oh, no, it's her birthday, and I didn't really prepare. Oh, man, if if it didn't work, you would have ruined her birthday forever. I know, right? No, there's been worse birthdays. But, yeah, we, we meet in person, and... Both just openly, vulnerably shared stuff. Yeah. Like wow. he actually shared most of that story with me then yeah. and there. And so I'm sitting there silently, like, dang it, this is too soon. He's <laughs> not ready. And he in, internally is like also thinking just about his dating in general, like, I'm not ready. Yeah. And so we leave and we're like, hey, well, this was really good. Let's let's do this again. And then a week later you know, he actually reaches out and he's like, look, I jumped into this too soon. I'm not ready. And I did one of those like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I was going to feel really guilty. Like, you know, you're great and wonderful. And it would be really easy for me to be like, well, I'm just going to keep doing this, even though I know he's not ready. Um, So we had that talk and then sort of communicated back and forth a little bit after that. But we both had been really honest about like, when I get married at this point, I want to marry no less than my best friend. Yeah. And, and I knew that. And I, I knew I couldn't find my best friend yet because I wasn't ready. Like, I was struggling so much. As much as like I wanted to latch onto someone and someone great, Like I knew I couldn't until I fixed some of me. And I was struggling with a lot of me. Yeah. I just was. There, there was still the old parts of me that were still yeah. trying to bleed through. And I was you yeah. know, trying to get myself centered. But I was really still struggling with the old Mike, the yep. old go out to the bar and hang out with people, Mike. And I mean, not that that's a bad thing, but the way I did it was. Sure, sure. I we think kinda, it was it was New Year's Day. Well, well, we kind of had our own, at that time, it was like, you want to be friends? I want to be friends? Yeah. And we, it was kind of like a, do you want to go do karate in the garage kind of moment? And we were both incredibly happy with it because, again, neither of us really were a fan of all dating app thing. So at this point, we meet, and it's like we met a friend online, yeah. and we just kind of... Yeah. Casually, like, chatted back and forth as buddies. And I ended up sort of from the dating app. The, a, a guy that I had mutual friends with in the outdoor community reached out and was like, hey, they have these Christmas lights in Winchester. Do you want to go and see the lights and maybe have dinner? And I was like, sure. And he was driving an hour to get there. I was driving an hour to get there. And we do the lights and it's like, it's cool. And so we carpool into downtown to get dinner, and when we come back, if you've ever done the lights in Winchester, you know that it's a state park, and they lock the gate at a certain point. So there I am an hour from home with this guy that I kind of know, kind of don't. I wasn't super familiar with the area, um, and so Mike's the only person I know that lives anywhere near there. And so I message him, and I'm like, look, this date exploded. This guy is actually having to drive me all the way back to my apartment. Like I've got multiple bedrooms, so he was gonna crash in the bedroom and I was like, keep, please keep in contact with me all night. Like make sure this works out. 
I remember like feeling bad for her and kind of laughing at the same time because I'm just like picturing how horribly awkward it is and how I would feel. I'm like this poor woman. (laughs) So it that kickstarted us talking regularly again because you didn't want you to get murdered by a guy that you went on a single date with. Well, he's super protective anyway of anyone, but particularly women and his. Well, that's because your relationship with your mom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just always have. So we hung out in person again, New Year's Day, 2022, and hadn't stopped since then. So we really did. We hung out as friends. We kind of dated. We both just took it slow. And his whole friend group, because I was out there more than he was out here, his whole friend group was like, you're different. This has to happen. If he doesn't date you, if he doesn't marry you, he's dumb. (laughs) But I'm I'm also like, yeah, but he's got to be the one to say that. Um, he's got to be the one to think that. And so we we became best friends from January until like May. And then in May, there was a switch that flipped and he yeah, was I, like, I'm in. I, I was struggling with it because like I knew she was incredible. And I had so much, you know, so much I connected with with her. And we would just have so much fun together. I just enjoyed my time with her. But at the same time, I was, I struggled with, Am I ready? Is the same sure. thing going to happen? You know, I keep latching on to these women that are not good for me at all. Maybe I'm doing it for, doing it again. Sure. So like, I'm afraid maybe she's the same. She's putting on a good face like the others, and I'm just terrified now. And my friend group, you know, a lot of them, there's some that are, you know, they do have faith, but some of them grew up in faith and they still have it, but they're not church yeah. people. But they're extremely good people. Yeah, they've they've supported me through a lot, and um, I can remember uh, my, my friend Brandon. He's like he's like, dude. He's like, don't screw this up. He goes, I will hurt you if you hurt her. And he like has literally just met her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we were at uh, we did Memorial Day with with my you know my family that I was doing music and karaoke and DJing with, and um, I just remember having an incredible time and something just like flipped like yeah. being there with that family and her there and the way that everyone loved her and the way that like she loved them and she loved me and she knew I I'm healing and I'm working on myself and I wasn't asking her to help me yeah I just wanted her to be there in case I needed to be like hey can you like say something so I I get that it's okay that I'm going through this like I didn't want anything from her yeah well I think it helped that you needed to go through the trenches yeah. with someone yeah. and have them still be there on the other side because yeah. like everything that happened to you in that six months yeah it, it was crazy but she just kept reminding me like you know it's okay and I started to feel more comfortable with her than I ever had with any other human being wow. and I just knew it and I remember like um it was actually I think while we were there if I remember correctly or no maybe we were it's when we were kayaking the next day it, it all happened quick, and I remember going, I, I actually want this to be a thing. Yeah. Like, this, you're my partner in crime. I always say partner in crime. Like, that's all I want. Yeah. I want, I want you know, my Bonnie. And that's what she was. Like, she just, she challenged me in the right kind of ways. And she still does to this day. Like, I, I struggle every day with, with you know, getting better at my faith you know she is so good at jesus yeah yeah 
She doesn't think she is. Well, and and really what it is is like Katie is not a hypocrite. Yeah. You know, and 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 really what it is is like as you work through it, she's not one to look at you and say, "Why don't you know this? Yeah. Why don't you feel this? Why don't why aren't you doing these things?" It's you know, it's it's like you said, it's someone that's going to walk alongside you in this. Yeah. And it's one of the things about your relationship that I love is Katie, it'd be really easy based on your foundation, based on your parents to be like, I'm going to pull you through this. Yeah. And you don't, and it's not, you're not slowing down, but you're also not dragging him. You guys have both decided there's a pace that we both need to be at and it's a really healthy pace and it's, it's good. And, you know, on differing sides of it, it's, it's kind of what you guys both needed is finally to be in a relationship with somebody who's going to say, Hey, let's run side by side in this. And you're not dragging them along or, or slowing down your pace to be with them. Yeah. yeah. I finally stopped trying to be the one to hold things together, working hard in all those friendships and relationships to like cover the distance between them and Jesus for them yeah. somehow. Yeah, it's and, like- but, but you have, you've done it all on your own time too, because in the year that we've known each other, his mom had cancer. His dad died. His dog died. <laughs> like I was almost killed in a car accident. He was almost killed in a car it's accident. Like a, it's like a country song. Yeah, I, I am yeah. a it, horrible country song. Yeah. Like, yeah. Weird things, two different weird things at work, including losing his job. And, yeah. and that is the point where Mike officially like joins us here at Collective, yeah. too. Is you know, like December, January, like just a few months ago. Yeah. Because um, I was he, coming. Yeah. He, but yep. he got to a point, right? I mean, that happened, and I get a phone call from him on one afternoon, and he says, hey, I, I need Michael's contact information. Like, I, we need to sit down. I just want to talk to, to him about some stuff. Like, I know enough about him now. I've heard enough from him at this point that, yeah. you know, I feel like he's the person to talk to. Um, yeah, because at this point, I've been coming, like, fairly regularly. Yep. I wasn't mm-hmm. every Sunday, and the Sundays I wasn't, I was watching yep. online. Yeah, yep. uh, Because you still live far away. Yeah, I live in Martinsburg. And at this point, we've been, you know, dating since, what, you know, May. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I need to talk to Michael. And you and I went back and forth about talking a little bit, and I'm actually, actually starting to come, like, every week. Yep. But I'm also at this point, you know, it's around, like, mid-December, and I'm like, you know what, it's not just, like, I want to be part of this church. Like I want to be a part of this church with her. Yeah. I want this to be a thing. And, um, she doesn't know this, but not only did I like ask for your number just to be like, I'd need to talk to Michael because I need, he just seems like a guy I can talk to (laughs) who's going to be like, Hey dude, it's cool. But I also like, I know how much like she respects you and like how much, you know, in this church you you've meant to her. And I was like, I've got to talk to him too because I have something I want to do. <laughs> so like the week before yeah. you and I met for coffee, like I went and talked to her, her dad, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm like, Hey, I bought a ring and I, I want to marry your daughter. She's like uh, literally changed my life. She's made me realize who I should be, what I want to be. That's when I was like, I need to talk to Michael too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I felt like I had to talk to the other dad. Yeah. I'm lucky that I get to do what I get to do. And, and meet people I get to meet because I, I, I fully recognize like I don't deserve any of the opportunity to like hear stories. And, but Mike, one of the things I loved about sitting down with you is one, how honest you are and how real you are. But the last thing we talked about that day and I went home and told my wife about this was like, 
there you are sitting in this place of going, I don't know if I have good faith and I don't know if I am where I need to be, you know, and again, you're you're saying to be with Katie, but one of the things, man, and I'm going to repeat it again is for everything that you have been through in your life, specifically how many of those things are tied to like faith and God and relationships and all those things for you to still be standing in faith proves it's irrelevant, you know, how comfortable you are reading the Bible because like your faith has gotten you to this point. And it doesn't matter if it's just been, you know, a year of it being kicked into high gear because it's been there. You, yeah. you, of all people that I've sat down with, if you walked away and been like, I'm mad at God. I don't understand why he's doing this to me. Why aren't good things happening? Why do I feel this one way when I'm there at church, which is good, but then everything else around Jesus is not good. I don't know many people who like, if they walked away from faith, I'd be like, yeah, man, I would understand that. But you on the other side leaned in when you hit the lowest point, this thing that hasn't been there for you, church Mm -hmm. and church community, you leaned in. And and part of it is a testament to your friends, the friends who kept inviting you, who really do exemplify who Jesus is. Don't just say it, but do it. Um, But one of the things was, hey, I I don't know if my face where it needs to be. And, you know, Kay just loves Jesus so well. And it was like, you guys are perfect for each other <laughs> and, and really, and it, and it is, yeah. and you guys are because it's less about how much, you know, and less about how much Bible you've read. It's more about that in the lowest moments of your freaking lives, you guys have realized the need for Jesus. And even though the church has turned its back on, on both of you guys for things that shouldn't have happened, you know, it would have been messy yeah. and they should have leaned in. That's what churches do. You guys still were like, nope, this is going to be a part of our lives, which is which is crazy, yeah. you know. And so so often we go through these hard things, and, and church is tied to it. And we're like, that's why I don't do it. And we have I have friends who've done that. You have friends who have done that. And you're like, man, you just don't understand that the version that you got was not the right version, yeah. you know. And you've wrestled with that for a long time, but you kept leaning in. Uh, even to the point where you joked about like meeting on a Tuesday and playing in the band on a Thursday. Yeah. You tried out on a Thursday and you were on the schedule for us yeah. immediately after. <laughs> I really did. Um, but here, it's been so different here. Like there, there's just something about collective. And, and, you know, the church I went to in Mars was very much yeah. the same. Like yeah. people care. Yeah. But here, like as much as I, I love that church and I'm not, Anyone in that area, I would sit yep. in that church in yep. a heartbeat. Pastor Chris is amazing. Yep. The team there is amazing. Like, there's just something about this place. Sure, it's hard to explain it. Well, we're also doing it together. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. probably the biggest thing is like, I get to do it with my best friend. Yeah, and someone mm-hmm. you know I want to spend the rest of my life with. Like, yeah. we're doing this together. Yeah, we, we want to build a family in this. One of the things we talked about at that coffee was. I think I want to marry this girl. Yeah. And then a week later, <laughs> right? You yeah. proposed. Yeah. So texted you the picture. Yeah. The response. I was like, what? Let's go! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, guys, so much of your story, it's, redem- it's redemption, yeah. right? It's these things that we know God can do. He can redeem broken things. He can, he can take bad things and make them good. He can restore the way we see marriage, the way we see faith, the way we see church and community. But that only happens if we, we let it. Yeah. And both of you guys through everything are like, hey, let's let this happen. You know, I, I do want to talk about, so, so here you guys are, you're engaged. 
um, planning a wedding, which everybody that knows both of you separately or together are, are so amped about this. But like you guys have been through things before, been engaged before, been married before. How do you know that this is different? We don't try. We, you know, we support each other in ways that sometimes I don't think make sense to us. Um, we just, we're there. You know, I don't understand, you know, how certain things make her feel and what she's going through, but I can listen. And I can give her what she needs when she asks for it. And, th- and that's fine. But I just want to listen. I want to support her. And I think that's what it is both ways because the same thing when I'm having a crap day and I just need to like unload. She's like, I get it. I'm going to listen. Go ahead and unload. Mm -hmm. But when I need something, she's there to give it. It just, it happens naturally. It's not even like a thing where it's like, hey, babe, I'm going to unload on you. I just like start having word vomit. She's there. But it's like that in everything we do. Like we just could feel it. I don't know. It's just, it feels natural. Well, and I, I think it's because, you know, as two people that have wanted a family for as long as we have, you know, and it feels like we got delayed and delayed and delayed, you know, for this good thing, there's so much that we learned in the process, right? I mean, I would have been married 14 years by now. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Um, and so in 14 years of making big old mistakes and then making myself learn from them instead of perpetuating it it's like the reason he can sit there and listen to me is because I actually communicate (laughs) so yeah I think we both it's a good balance of we have all the good things that we experienced in the past relationships but the other person offers willingly the things that were missing before wow yeah so you know in those other relationships where the you know after I was divorced where I wanted so badly for them to want to come to church on their own and to serve the team because they wanted to Mike's doing those things now because he decided he yep. wanted to and yep. not because yep, absolutely. I kept asking or requesting it and so because yeah you never asked me she didn't there's, yeah. there's just that you know I feel safe in that on my side of it because I know he's doing it because he wants to. And now we get to do it together. And so those things I waited for, you know, loving Jesus together, growing in our faith separately, but, you know, in tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's happening. Behind the scenes. So like on Mondays we do staff meetings. I've shared about this before. We celebrate wins. Mm -hmm. And when you check the box, it was one of our wins that next day because that's when we knew like this is his, you know, knowing Katie's not pushing anymore not trying to drag a relationship where it needs to go. And, you know, one of the things about marriage is when you get married young, especially, there's a lot of growth that you have to do as as people. And there are times when you get married young where you're like, oh, man, we kind of got to – there's some things that that we've got to work through. And, you know, I wonder if we can just ignore them, and and you can't. The disadvantage when you're married young, though, is you got to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out, it leads to destruction and disaster. But as you get older and you've been through stuff, really the conversation is – Hey, I don't, I don't want to settle. And what both of you guys are doing in this relationship, you're saying, Hey, there's certain things I'm not, I'm not settling on. Oftentimes we find ourselves in relationships where these people who love Jesus see more in us than we see in ourselves. And when that finally clicks, it, it gets really good. And, and you guys have decided, Hey, we're not going to settle on the things that matter the most. And it's just so healthy. What you're not saying is 
you are not this person, therefore you're the right person. It's saying, hey, you're everything that God knows that I need. Really, though, that only happens if you heal from the things you've been through, right? Because you never get to that place if there's no healing. You might not ever get to that place if there's no trials, even, you know, which is crazy. I feel like we did a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And we've done it together. Yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. Like, I, I feel like we allowed each other to heal, you know. It wasn't a matter of like, hey, you need to work on this and this and this, and yep. Yep. you need to work on that. It was like, no, it was like, I know I need to work on this, and I'm healing. Yeah, you're just naturally like putting ointment on those things, and you don't even yeah. know you're doing it. I'm sure. not asking you to, but just it's just working. Yeah, that's really good. Um, well, guys, let's do this. Let's talk about advice. So you guys have been through some stuff. So uh, the advice could come from anywhere. It can, can come from relationships or marriage. It could come from faith. But if there was a piece of advice that you could give to people listening, um, what would it be? Let us know, like, hey, this is the advice I'd give, and this is this is kind of the topic that, it, that it's hitting on. And Katie, we'll start with you on that one. Yeah. Um let's say you're already plugged into youth collective or or you don't go to collective and you have uh, another, you know, church community that you're a part of, um, that has opportunities for students to meet together, or you don't fall in either of those categories. I would not have the foundation that I do right now to like, I may not have came back after I walked away. Um, things might've crumbled sooner than they did if I didn't have the foundation that I do. And a huge part of that is because, you know, I dug in and I participated and I surrounded myself with other people my age that love Jesus and with adults that wanted to pour into us. Um, and so, you know, at least at least try it out. Yeah. You know, go and try it out and spend time with those people and um, take advantage of the wisdom of the adults that you're spending time with because... They wouldn't be there if they didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're there because they want to be there because they know the value of it and they want you to have what they have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then the general advice is, and this could be for relationships or just faith in general, lean on the community. Don't let yourself get isolated like I did. Um, you know, there were people that were still speaking into my life, but because I felt like there was a weird distance between us, I... I didn't have the support I needed. Um, and you know, I, I would have felt more comfortable going to people and saying, hey, I'm struggling with this, rather than once things were already crumbling and I felt like I had something that was hidden that I needed to somehow you know, reveal to everyone. <laughs> I wouldn't have had that much of a, a hard time. It wouldn't have been that hard of a road if I had included people along the way. So like recognizing that you're broken and that you have problems putting people around you that are going to ask you the hard questions when they see you maybe throwing up some red flags. Yeah. <laughs> um, keep those people around you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I would have saved myself a lot of hurt if I had done that the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Mike, what do you got for us? I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, lean in. I mean, that, that was the thing that I struggled with was leaning in. You know, I was afraid. I'm like, what if it's like every other church? What if, everyone really is like this and then I leaned in and I realized it wasn't and just like she said it you've got to get the right people around you yep. you have to build the right community and have people that ask you the really hard questions and when you get 
find those people that are asking you the questions that make you the most uncomfortable, that make you really stop and think about what's going on, lean in. Yeah. Because they're trying to help you. Yeah. They're, they're there for you. And I've been really blessed that, you know, I found those people. And if you find those people, lean in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really good, too, because oftentimes we do seek comfort and we avoid some of those relationships that make us uncomfortable, not because like it's awkward, but because we don't necessarily want people to ask us those hard questions, but it's those people that do, that can like literally change the trajectory of our lives. You know, take us off the one train track we're on and move us Mm -hmm. to the other. And it's, it's deciding to have friendships like that and giving people permission to do that. And, and really I would say, so like, as you guys give that advice, like my advice to people listening is make sure you have those people in your life, but also um, really work hard to be those types of people. You know, because this podcast is about just the mess of life. Um, And so you guys are sharing what you've been through. But on the other side, you have friends where you've been that friend to as well, where you said, hey, 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 hold on one second. Like, this isn't it. Um, So make sure you have those people, but strive to also be those people, um, which I can say confidently you guys are those people in a lot of other people's lives as well, which is which is wonderful. Um, All right. So last question. Uh, you know, the best way to wrap it up is let's talk about scripture. Let's talk about, Hey, if there's one Bible verse, uh, or a few verses that kind of hit you, um, these could be the ones that kind of carried you through that season or really even like the one you read today and go, Oh man, this sums up like who God is in my life. What would it be? Um, and so Katie, we'll start with you. There's an entire passage that got me through some of those really big decisions where I had to like shed things from my life that I shouldn't have um, included, especially when I was ending those relationships for the sake of my faith. Um, And it's the passage itself, I won't read it, is um, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And it's actually a prayer that Paul has for believers. And he's basically like encouraging you like, look, in faith, you're going to have to do hard things. Um, And so here's my pep talk for you doing those hard things. And here's the reminder of how big God is and that when you let him carry that stuff, He's going to carry it for you. And like you've established roots in your relationship and you won't fall in that case. Um, but my, my favorite verse um, is Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in trial, be constant in prayer. Um, and that's, it's basically like a checklist for life. Yeah. Honestly, you could apply, yeah. it, apply it to any situation. Yep. So that, that one's my go-to. Yeah, that's great. Mike, what you got? So when I got into finally reading the Bible again, I use the Bible app a lot. So anybody out there who's struggling with reading the Bible, download the Bible app, please. Yes. Yep. Um, I had no idea where to start, and my friend told me to do it. I still am terrible at it, but I do these great um, these great studies in it, and it leads me where I need to be. And I was yeah. doing one on just feeling broken. Like literally, it was about being broken. And at the end, they always give you really great verses to reflect on. And my favorite one, and I've got it saved in multiple places is James 1.1. 1, 1. Um, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah. And that's what's kept me pushing. Yeah. That's what made me lean in. Yeah. Like, now, now I lean in. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, I'm so thankful for you. You know, individually I've had conversations with you both and, and shared, I, I hate what you guys have been through. I hate that what's sad is that people listening to this podcast will be able to say, hey, I've, I've felt similarly 
before. Um, but the beauty of this podcast is the reality that every church, maybe more collective than most, is full of just these lost, broken, messy people. But part of this podcast is saying, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna pretend that it's not that way. Mm-hmm. And it means so much that you guys be willing to share. Um, Mike, considering what you've been through in the past with churches who pretend like they're not messy and broken for you to now be in this seat, pushing that forward in our church um, is incredible and speaks to the faith that you do have because uh, it'd be much easier to, to not lean in in that way. Um, Katie, for the fact that this culture even exists, knowing that you are a huge part of pushing that forward before it ever was a thing, um, in that small group and then a few weeks into collective when we did God for the broken and we shared brokenness and you wrote this whole thing out saying, Hey, this is who I am. I'm a leader in this church. And guess what? <laughs> like I've messed up your, your honesty and your vulnerability are incredible and they've, they've changed this church. And, um, for those of you guys listening, um, you know, when you step back at collective and you feel that feeling and you're like, there's something different about this place. And I love this place. Just know that it's because of people like Mike and Katie. Who, who say, okay, like this is who I am. Not good sometimes, messy sometimes, lowest point sometimes, but um, I'm going to keep trusting trusting God. And what makes collective, collective is that it's just a church full of people like that. And um, I'm thankful for you guys, Katie. Uh, thankful for you and the fact that we have Youth Collective because of you during really hard seasons of your life when uh, – you were driving many, many miles, but also just wrestling with life. Um, when you showed up with those students, uh, you were able to push it all aside and say, I'm going to give these kids everything. And, and what we're seeing now at Collective with these students is built on a foundation of you uh, in those hard moments, which is just shows how incredible God is, right? He didn't need a perfect Katie to, to show what we're seeing right now. And so, guys, I'm so thankful for you. I'm um, thankful for your time, thankful for your investment in this community, but ultimately um, thankful that you're willing to share and say, hey, this is who I am and this is what God's doing in my life. And um, I'm not perfect, but I am who God made me to be. And so it's incredible. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Yeah, thanks for giving us the chance to share. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks for having us and letting people be able to tell their story so people realize they're not alone. Life, life is tough and we all have our story, but we're all, we're all here. Yeah, it's good. Thanks, guys. Thank you.